Welcome to the weekly Lost Edition of the Generally Speaking Podcast. Please welcome your hosts, Stephanie, Rachel, and Cliff. Hello and welcome to Generally Speaking. This is our January 29th edition of uh, our Lost Podcast. I'm Cliff Ravenscraft. I'm Stephanie Ravenscraft. And I'm their next door neighbor, Rachel Griffin. All right. What did you guys think about the episode? Well, I have to tell you, I believe that this had to be by far the worst Lost episode to date. And I disagree. Really? I don't think it was the worst. Uh, I don't think it was the worst. We didn't really do much for Yeah. Um, it redeemed Charlie for me. That's uh, good. Then I'm glad. Because yeah, <laughs> you're so harsh on him. I, I was really harsh on him two weeks ago. And, uh, yeah, I, I'm a little sympathetic to Charlie now. We'll get into that later. Yeah. Root yeah. for the underdog. <laughs> Well, um, we did have a lot of uh, listener feedback, and I know a lot of people are expecting uh, me to talk about some of the religious themes, so uh, let's just go ahead and jump right into that. Uh, Before I begin, uh, I want to go ahead and just play for you a little uh, montage of audio clips that I rolled together, and uh, then I'll discuss this. Someday, you're going to get us out to here, all of us. Do it, baby, bro. Save us. Save us, Charlie. Save us. We can be saved. He's in danger. You have to save him. The baby's in danger. You have to save him. Charlie, the baby's in terrible danger. He's in danger. Have you ever considered that these dreams mean something? Okay, so that's the uh, little clips about that started us off uh, early on in the show. I mean, it immediately starts off with this idea of. You're, one of these days, uh, Charlie, you're going to save us. You're going to get us all out of here, mm-hmm. uh, every one of us. And so immediately it kind of reminded me of this idea of is is there one individual on the island who's going to be responsible for the salvation of the people on the island? What do you guys think? I think it's a good idea. I mean, I, I can see where you would come up with that. I don't know. If, I don't know. It's hard for me to go there with it yet. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if I like that idea. I don't want it to be one person. I want it to be a joint effort, <laughs> I think. I, don't, I couldn't imagine Charlie saving everybody. And I don't know where it would where it would come from if he or one person was the cause of how they all got saved. You know what I mean? Well, was it last week or the week before we talked about Aaron being the one that was going to save them all? Um, Charlie's, I mean, really, the only thing we got out of this episode is that Charlie has to save the baby. Yeah, That's right. And and couldn't he by saving Aaron save through, them all be saving them all right yeah I wonder however though if it was really the purpose was to baptize I, I did not clearly get that but I, I guess they did they opened up with the uh, the there was a mural I guess or a, a painting of Jesus's baptism and then there was uh, the dove flying down there and, were so many religious references there were a lot. it was like. Wow. I mean, ABC really blew me away with all the religious references. Yeah. They did. In fact, um, I'm, I'm going to talk specifically about the baptism in just a moment. But uh, I do want to bring up two other religious references and then one possible one that I'll just throw in there that really isn't one. But I'll make one out of it anyway. <laughs> since they didn't give me in my good island-centric stuff. Um, the first one, or the second thing that they came out with was this concept of dreams and visions. Now we're going to talk about whether or not we think uh, Charlie was using again, and this was a call. You know, these 
these uh, were hallucinations as a re- result of using drugs again. Uh, we'll talk about that in a little bit. But but even if it's even if he wasn't using uh, the concept of God speaking to us through g- dreams is yet another biblical reference. Uh, the, one of the most prominent stories of this in the Old Testament that I'm aware of is Joseph. Joseph. And uh, tell us a little bit about that, Stephanie. Um, just that um, Joseph had several dreams um, that were pretty much prophecy, I would say, of, of what God was showing him, what he was going to do in his life. And he shared his dreams with his brothers and his parents and was... Um, was outcast because of them. It turned his brother... Well, his brothers didn't like him to start with, but this kind of pushed him over the edge, and, and they did some things that were not brotherly. and um, Like throwing like, him in a pit, leaving him for dead, and then yeah. deciding that would maybe be too harsh. So let's just sell, <laughs> let's him, just into, sell him to slavery. Exactly. So, they were so nice. Um, but God did take care of him in each of his circumstances. Well, there was also the, um, the dream that Pharaoh had, of yes. the the seven fat calves and, and the seven skinny calves and and how how because Joseph interpreted that dream just in the same way Mr. Echo helped uh, uh, Charlie. Charlie to interpret his dream um, that it was able to save the nation of Egypt and in fact save his brothers and they would come down and one day actually bow to him, to him which, which is what his dream fulfilling his dream wasn't it actually um, weren't they um, stacks of wheat. That bowed to him in his well, dream, and the whole thing was was there was famine in Egypt, and yes. people came from all of the lands to Egypt to get their to get their wheat, their rationings, and um, so that is just symbolism from the story that I just kind of yeah put and, together myself. And nice. that's that those stories are, are from Genesis, but there are plenty of other dreams uh, of Daniel and, and Nebuchadnezzar and and several. Others, but we won't go into all of those. But I just wanted to bring out that yet uh, they are bringing in this concept of the dreams, uh, and that is that is definitely a biblical theme. Um, and also, there, one that just blew me away—it's just blatant. I mean, obviously there have been so many references to Moses. Mm-hmm. I mean, just left and right, we have Moses carried a staff, and so does Mr. Echo. We've talked about all those in the past. And I won't go and rehash all of them now. But the one that hit me this week. Was Aaron in the cradle? They Aaron show, in the cradle in, twice in the, they show in the water. Him, yeah, twice they show him in the in the out in the ocean. Once in his cradle that Locke built for him, and once in the piano. So two references, mm-hmm. and and of course the story in uh, of the story of Moses, which really begins in Exodus chapter two from the Bible. Mm-hmm. Uh, we read about how um, the Pharaoh had demanded that all the young children be put to death. Just the boys. I'm sorry, just the boys. Uh, and so, uh, to save Moses, his mother put him into a basket and set him out on the Nile to protect his life, hoping that an Egyptian woman would find this baby and and save him. And which did it? Was Pharaoh's daughter found him and and raised him as her own. So yeah, I mean the the themes are are definitely there. Um, and so that's pretty much all I want to cover on that. But there is the bigger and the greater uh, Christian theme, and that is baptism. And to go over this baptism thing, I put together yet another montage of audio clips, and uh, I'll just go ahead and play for the or play these for you right now. And then I've got some just a very few things that I'm going to mention about this baptism. We have to baptize Aaron. My understanding is that baptism is about making sure that children get into heaven. 
call it spiritual insurance. Do you think the baby has to be baptized? Do you know what baptism is? It's what gets you into heaven. It is said that when John the Baptist baptized Jesus, the skies opened up and a dove flew down from the sky. This told John something, that he had cleansed this man of all his sins, that he had freed him. Heaven came much later. I haven't been baptized. Okay, so here we have the baptism clips. And again, th- these were spread throughout the show. And just amazing. I, I Like Rachel, I, like you said, it's just so surprising to see how many religious themes. And, and prior to this, they had mostly been kind of Moses and Aaron related mm-hmm. and pretty much in the Old Testament. And now they've moved it. Not only have they moved into the New Testament, but they've actually mentioned Jesus Christ right. in network television primetime. And how receptive viewers are being to it is a great thing, I think. You know, you don't... Well, not that I know. I haven't heard any, like, horrible complaints about, oh, all this Jesus stuff. And, you know, it's people are really open to it, which I, I think is great. I think so, I think so they've too. done it in a, in a good way. I think ABC has really thrown things in there to get people thinking and talking about it and picking up that Bible. And I just... I think it's a really good thing that they're doing. I agree with you. Um, the only thing that I'm concerned about is some of the Christian response to this. Because... Um, there is a lot of stuff floating around on the fuselage, comments and debates happening out there that really don't need to happen. There are a lot of Christians out there who are debating how things were portrayed as far as when it comes and relates to baptism, how inaccurate what Echo said was, and what John, how inaccurate what John uh, Locke said to Claire. Uh, for example, um, but- yeah, go ahead. John said, this is what I believe. Exactly. So I mean, he was not even, making a statement. Even we as, as Christians in our own denominations believe something different about baptism. Right. So, which is like one of the number one um, disagreements amongst Christians should you from be immersed? different churches is, you know, should you be immersed or, or sprinkled like Claire and the baby were in the show. So... I don't think I can take what other Christians are out there saying about the show in this part um, with any kind of, I don't know what word I'm looking for. but I just think that what is the real meaning behind what the baptism means in this show is what we need to be focusing on. And why on. was you know it all I mean? in this episode? Yes. See, that's that's exactly it. It's not what is not baptism a, really. Because Lost is, is not a theological yeah. debate or show to teach or train or educate people on baptism. Mm-hmm. You know, that's exactly it. It's what are they trying to say in this show? Mm-hmm. But um, just, just so we can, just because we're not the show and, and we are, are a group of three Christians here in our living room, I will just go ahead and just share with you just a little bit about this. Number one, John says, uh, baptism is about making sure children get into heaven. Uh, it's like spiritual insurance, and I like the spiritual insurance thing. Uh, those of you guys out there, a lot of a lot of people out there actually know by now that I actually do full time ministry outside of my full time insurance job. But not many people know that I sell insurance as well. So I do sell auto, home, and life insurance. In he's my agent. He's, he's plugging. He's plugging. This is we'll, we'll plug my real estate later. Don't worry. Yeah, so that way I, I take my business elsewhere. Whatever. I'm just all right. So anyway, if you do live in Ohio, Kentucky, or Indiana, I am licensed to sell uh, auto, home, and business insurance. 
And if you live in Kentucky, I can do your individual health insurance. And if you live anywhere in the United States, I can sell you some life insurance. Nice. However, I decided what I'll do. <coughs> since I, I mean, I, you guys know that I'm, I'm a salesperson, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, and I am the stereotypical salesperson. <laughs> But I've decided to make this commercial free. But I, I have decided that every time they... This commercial's free. <laughs> this is commercial free. And, however, every time they kill somebody off on the island, I will do a little, like, three-minute bit about why you need to buy life insurance. <laughs> Great. Y'all can look forward to that. Yeah. <laughs> I can see the hate mail coming yeah, now. They're going to get wind Cliff, of that. Nobody that. else on the island You're going to get more reviews on your, on your page. That's fine. on iTunes. That's okay. So anyway, um, but anyway, John Locke says, you know, I hear it's about how, you know, it's making sure that children get into heaven. Well, I'm not going to argue that point because I know there are some faiths out there that actually do practice infant baptism. Mm-hmm. Our, my denomination, I personally, uh, actually, I come from the Nazarene background and in, within our Nazarene manual, they do talk about inf- infant baptism. I personally have some different perspectives on that. Um, and so, you know, it depends on what different people think, but I don't think that has anything to do with what's going on, on the island, so I'm not going to really go into great detail on that. And as Stephanie said, it is actually John Locke who has confessed that he's not a, re- a overly Christian re- religious person. So if he gives his idea of what he's heard baptism is, it, sound as, it sounds actually a lot better than what I've heard some people who don't go to church say about baptism. Mm-hmm. So I think I think they did. I, I give props to ABC for for bringing that in and the writers how they did it. However, um, here's what most people are taking uh, issue with, and I'm talking about when I say most people, most Christians online are taking issue with, and they're making a really big deal out of this. And that is what Mr. Echo said. He says, and a dove. Uh, he he mentions you know Jesus came to John the Baptist to be baptized, and he says what happened after Jesus was baptized, a dove flew down from the sky. He's, he's correct so far. And he's, however, he, this is where he got it wrong. And, and I will say that, yes, he did get it wrong. But I don't think it's that big of a deal. Um, here's the thing. He says, this told John something. The dove, the dove coming down from the sky, told John something. That he had cleansed this man of all his sins and that he had freed him. Now, of course, this man they're talking about is Jesus who had just been baptized. Now, I will tell you that um, that, that what has Christians out there all up in arms about is the fact that we believe that Jesus Christ was without sin. And so, and, and not only that, but this is an inaccurate depiction of what's actually in the story of Jesus' baptism. And I'll just read it to you real quick from Matthew uh, chapter 3, verses 13 through 17. It's real short. It says, Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. But John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to baptize me? Jesus replied, Let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. Then John consented. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting on him. Now, Mr. Echo got it right all the way up to this point, but they left out this. And a voice from heaven said, This is my son, whom I love. With him, I am well pleased. Now, I can understand why they left this out. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's one thing to throw out the religious themes. But to go so far out of your way on, on your network television and get your listeners so divided between those who believe Jesus is the son of God and those who are not, 
to actually throw that all out there and and just make that declaration in your show when it doesn't really fulfill the plot line of what you're trying to do. I can understand why they didn't put in that part. However, I don't understand why they went so far out of their way to say that Jesus was cleansed of his sins when obviously that would throw the Christians up in arms. Mm -hmm. But the thing is... Yeah, but... We Christians can be uptight a lot of times. Yes, and we can. As a Christian, I can say that. And if people, you know, want to give me a, a negative review, that's fine. Um, I'm here to please Christ, not other people. Um, this is a television show. Amen. And it's written by humans. Preach it, sister. So to get all all up in arms and all in an uproar about a script that's being portrayed by an actor who has these beliefs or not, I don't know. It's just really disturbing to me when you could be out there preaching it to other people yourselves. You know, I they they really don't cut the character Echo any slack. They don't. At and all. he no. is a man portraying a character and And I think it fits his storyline. I don't It does. He He's he not lived, been a priest forever. No, he hasn't. He's been a priest for like five minutes. <laughs> On the show. <laughs> you know? Um he is saying to who does he say this to? Uh, he's talking. He's talking to Claire, Claire yeah. right? He is giving Claire an account of his beliefs. Yes, that's no different than someone calling me and telling me what they believe, and I can agree or disagree with them. That's right, right. and it and doesn't have to be. He doesn't have to be perfect about everything, and in fact, it, it goes back to the whole because we are human, and humans are not perfect. We didn't. Re- we didn't mention the fact that he misquoted Psalm twenty three last week. He said something like, um, "Yea, though I walk through the shadow, the shadow of the valley of, the valley of death, than, yeah. instead yeah. of the valley of the shadow of death." Exactly. <laughs> and, and actually, I got a lot of Christians that emailed me and said, "Cliff, why didn't you point that out?" It's like I don't. I just don't think it's that relevant. I don't think the writers of the show are trying to make some theological statements here. Uh, so, you know, I'm really not going to be overly critical. And like Rachel originally said, I am excited about the fact oh, yeah. that they're bringing this stuff and that it's being discussed. And now, the only- if they change their whole, if they change the whole way they market the show and they marketed it as a religious show, yeah. and then, yeah, then you then can go in something to gripe and, about. and pull out all of these um, misrepres- misrepresentations and, and say something. But other than that, I think that we need to take into context that. It's just a show. Right. Yeah. And the main thing I think we need to take away from this is what about what in the show are they trying to tell us here? Right. What is it about the baptism that, I mean, forget all the lines that Mr. Echo, whoever the guy is named, has were... to remember. You know, right. we've got to think about in the show and Lost what this actually means and take that away from it instead of picking every single little tiny thing apart. Yes. That, and that's the beef that I have with Christians. <laughs> is, Are we going to have a beef about everybody? I, I, we have a beef against everybody on this show. I, and, and this is the beef I have against myself in my early, in, early on in my ministry. I was really bad about this. I would argue with people and beat them over the head with all these little things from the Bible. And I literally did you have a Jesus stick. I did not have. I had a Jesus stick, and it was my word of mouth. I was just gonna. <laughs> My my mouth was my Jesus stick, and I would knock you out if you said something wrong or if you didn't believe what I believed. And, and I was really out there, and, and I found out just how out of touch I am and how un, unlike Christ I really was. You know, um, I, I've told people out there so many times, I'm reading a book called Too Christian, Too Pagan. 
And by pagan, I'm not talking about the paganistic religious people out there. I'm talking about pagan as as somebody who is not a Christian. That's literally in the dictionary, in the Webster dictionary anyway, or the New American dictionary. It says a non-Christian. And and the idea is that uh, I want to begin to live a balanced Christian life where I'm actually considered a little bit too pagan or non-Christian for my Christian friends, and I'm a little bit too Christian for my non-Christian friends. They kind of, it's like, man, Cliff, you're a little religious, you know, or, <laughs> or, and I want my Christian friends, it's like, Cliff, are you sure you really should be going that? Because that's the life that Jesus actually lived. Mm-hmm. He hung out with sinners and tax collectors and, and prostitutes and, and, and he really got involved in their world because he was not this innocent bystander. He wasn't this bystander who, like the religious leaders of the day, who just pointed out how wrong people are. But we're uh, but but he was involved in their lives and he wanted to help them. So anyway, this is we've got we're getting way too much into this. Yeah. So we're gonna throw that out to uh, you guys and 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 just uh, stop it right there. So let's talk about Charlie. Charlie, <laughs> what do you think? Well, is he using again? Is no, he on the drugs? No, and I don't think, like I said last week, I don't think that he was. I I think that he. Oh, where can I start with Charlie? I'm so glad, Stephanie, that you <laughs> he's redeemed himself in your eyes because of this episode. They, they did. They did a tremendous job of turning Charlie around for me. Yeah. They, they the really only did. thing I will say about Charlie. Just two weeks ago, I said that he'd been using the whole time. Right. And I, I no longer believe that. And I was with Stephanie on this, and, and I've turned the page. And I, I am now certain for myself. I am certain that he's not on the drugs. The only thing that redeemed Charlie from, from for me was that song he was singing. We can be saved. Okay, great song to have in church. It would. You should edit I, out where you sing that and, and play the clip. <laughs> <laughs> well, I already did play the clip once. So, uh, but yeah, I love that song, but I'm still not sure about the character Charlie. I mean, uh, you, hear, you hear people say that, oh, of course he had to be, like Dr. Bruder, I think, had written an email or had left us a message about it and said that, you know, I think that Charlie was definitely using because he was so confused, and that's some of the things that you get when you're doing heroin and other other drugs like that. Mm-hmm. And but uh, how can you be on this island for how many days they've been there? Fifty some days, and not be confused. I know. And, and what I what I thought about before when I was thinking about this is, you know, other people. Doctor Bruder and I were talking. And he said, you know, other people on the island have had, you know visions and they weren't as confused and acting so strangely as Charlie was like Locke when he had the vision of the but he acts so strangely all the time (laughs) yeah (laughs) but but what I thought about was Locke had never been had a child ripped away from him so suddenly as Charlie did yeah you know and I think that there was different circumstances between Charlie and Locke such major differences that yeah if if I had my child he really believes that this is his baby. He well, does. Well, yeah. not not literally, but yeah, right. he, he, he is. A, he's become a father figure, he's the care, and the he really wants care, to care. One of the main caretakers of this child, and if someone took that, even if it was a dog, I'm thinking that I would be a little acting crazy. You know, yeah. I would want to save it. I want you know, don't get lock around him, and you know, don't he's stepping on my turf, kind of thing. Right. And I got an email comment either on the blog or I saw it on the fuselage that says that. That these types of hallucinations can also be brought on not just by drugs, but by in- emotional stress as well. Sure. And if they're not all under a little bit of emotional stress, <laughs> yeah. then there's something going on. So maybe on. it's a little post-traumatic stress syndrome. Oh, disorder. yeah. Yeah, we never thought about it. It's only been 50 days. I know. Yeah. And a lot of stuff has happened to these poor people. Exactly. I mean, it wasn't too long ago he was strung up. In the tree. And, and you know what? I know. And the fact is... Hello? Is, Does everyone forget that he got hung? He was yeah. like dead or near death and they brought him back and, and he was dead and, and yeah. Charlie 
and he's still dealing with life without drugs. I mean, right, right. Re- realistically, just you know, a couple weeks. He's o- he's only been off these for a couple weeks. I'm so glad you guys are not talking so bad about Charlie. <laughs> I guess this would have been I- an interesting episode had we not changed our our view on Charlie. But um, but yeah, he's he's going through a lot. Cliff said, you know, he's learning to live without the drugs, which is, you know, big in of itself. Right. Um, he's <clears throat> connected with this baby, and now Claire wants him nowhere around. Um, he was just hung in a tree like two weeks ago. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, in their time. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, let's Three move. Or four weeks For ago. time's sake, let's just keep this thing moving. Okay. Uh, I do want to move on. Do you guys have any idea why John Locke kept the statues? I think he's going to use them for himself. I think he's going to use them against Charlie later. Yeah, I think he's going to hold them against Charlie. I, I would agree with that. There, there. You guys have the. You really, I have no opinion on that right now, none whatsoever. Which is weird for Cliff not to have an opinion. But <laughs> and uh, he locked him up with the gun. You have your opinion that you don't have an opinion. Th- that's my opinion. <laughs> I have an opinion, but anyway, and that's a far stretch for Cliff to not have an opinion. It is. Well, but he changed the lock on the thing. He changed the combination. With the guns. Mm-hmm. And what really was really strange to me, what really made me think that, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold on to this. Because I think his initial intention was to discard them and get rid of them so this would never happen again. But when he was talking to Claire and he looked inside that duffel bag he, that he was carrying, mm-hmm. he was like, oh, I'm not going to tell her about this and I'm going to keep them for my I own think, use. I think John has the hots for uh, Claire. It's all the makeup she no. had on. Don't okay. You you brought it up. I I was I I was thinking about whether or not to bring it up. Okay, after the I first, I knew you clip, were going to bring it up after you, the first clip. The first commercial break. The very first commercial. We come back and we have Miss Clairol. I mean, Clairol, I love it. I mean, it was horrible. I. I was so distracted that I actually literally did not hear the dialogue that was taking place between her and Charlie. I had to go back because all I could imagine, all I could see, here's her eyeliner and here's her foundation and her lip liner and all these. It's all perfect. Now, you guys out there, if you're wondering why I know about fine foundation and eyeliner and all that (laughs) stuff, uh, my wife was a Mary Kay cosmetic skin consultant. And so I I, trust me, I, I know my way around makeup. And this girl had it on perfect. And, well, and it was a little bit much. I told him he needs to lay off because... You do. She, yeah. she just had a baby. She, <laughs> she just make- kicked Charlie out. She's got to get all prettied up. She needs to look at her lock now. <laughs> there must have been a Mary Kay National been, Convention yeah, well, we in Los Angeles. We know they've been digging through the, through the luggage. Surely one woman on that plane had makeup I, yeah. in. And her carry-on. There was, yeah. her carry-on. there was a Mary Kay woman on there. I know there was. <laughs> and and she, I think Claire found it. She needs to share some with Libby, though. Oh, God, yes. <laughs> Give that woman some eyeliner and mascara. Because her eyes are disappearing. <laughs> well, we'll get to Libby in a second. I do I, before, we, before we move on to Libby... Uh, I do. Yeah, back on lock. I just want to ask you guys. Do you guys speaking about religious themes? A lot of people when they hear Christianity or something like that, I'll be honest with you, that the term hypocrite comes up a lot. And these are people who who say one thing but live something completely different. And so uh, before I'm going to have Rachel and Stephanie read uh, an argument that is going on online, uh, whether or not Locke is a hypocrite. But before I do, I need to go ahead and set up the. uh, the clip here for you. So let's go ahead and play this. I'm disappointed in you, Charlie. There was a time when I let you choose whether or not you were going to do this to yourself. Now I'm making that choice for you. Who are we to tell anyone what they can or can't do? What do you, a hypocrite. Do you notice it there? Do you, 
just between those two clips, you can tell the difference in his attitude completely. Something's up. Oh, yeah. So much. Like, he is so calm and cool and collective with, with Jack when he tells him, who are we? You know, is it because he wants Michael to run away? He wants, he doesn't, He know, he's in on something with Michael? Yeah, that could be. Have we ever, have we ever, ever touched on the fact that maybe Locke's another? I know. No. Oh, come on. I, he does, I, I think he may be in some kind of communication but i think i think he he's more of a blind follower <clears throat> by faith you know and okay. and not the not the faith of christian faith just just faith he he's running on destiny and and you know and, yeah. and he he's he's i mean well before he got on the island he wanted to go on that walkabout and all that other stuff so <coughs> anyway uh, let's talk about what's what's being said online okay. uh, rachel will you read the lock is is it the first one lock, lock is, is not a hypocrite read that okay. and then i'll have stephanie read the rebuttal and this came from the fuselage the fuselage okay some people are saying that lock was a hypocrite because he said who are we to tell people what they can or cannot do just like you just heard yet he wouldn't use that motto with charlie the difference is charlie's actions were deemed to hurt other people it's not just Locke who thinks charlie was using heroin again Lots of people did. Kate, Claire, etc. Charlie has lied in the past in regards to the drug use. He's been having strange visions, etc. That's a sign of heroin use. <laughs> See, that just bothers yeah, me. Yeah, we disagree with you, but mm-hmm. go ahead. Now, Locke would be fine if that, with that if Charlie's actions were just about himself, but they were affecting Claire and her baby. With Michael, Michael's actions were about Michael. Who was Jack to tell Michael what he couldn't and couldn't do with his own life? Who was Jack to tell Michael what he that he couldn't look for his son? That was Locke's motivation for saying that. During the Moth episode, Locke helped Charlie make a decision to back away from drugs. Locke was more supportive then because Charlie's drug use was about Charlie. His actions weren't harming other people. Now the situation is different. Charlie's actions were not about Charlie this time. They were about Claire and Aaron, too. Charlie was negatively affecting affecting and putting in danger Claire and Aaron, two people Locke cares about. So it makes perfect sense for Locke to get aggressive with Charlie this time, but not in the Moth episode. Just my opinion. Locke is a hypocrite because he was angry at Charlie for lying when he has lied himself. He Amen. lied about how Boone got hurt. He lied about seeing the monster. Who knows what else he has lied about to the group. So for him to tell Charlie that he gave up his right to be believed when he himself has told lies is hypocritical. And I agree with that. I agree with that, too. And I also, I think that, um, I think that Locke is a user, um, not of drugs, of people. Right. <laughs> I just need to clarify that. Be careful how you uh, talk I'm, about users and, 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 and then say somebody's okay. name. Uh, because uh, I corrected myself. Um, no, he, Wait, I totally I lost my... Bless you. <laughs> <coughs> All right. Okay, then. Here we go. Bless you. Moving, Moving right, right along. <laughs> Stephanie, you were saying something? Hypocrite? I was. Locks a hypocrite. Okay. <laughs> he's a user. He's a people user. He's a people user. He yeah. used Boone. Good he's job. used other people um, to work his own agenda. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We, I mean, I can, and, I can yeah. see what this person is saying about how it's two different scenarios. Which I completely agree, but I just think there's a different hidden meaning behind Locke. Oh, there was the whole spinning around scene of, of Locke's face and stuff like that. Yeah, Dude, there's I, something he knows, I think. He knows opinion, something. On he's, the record, yeah, he that, knows something. Oh, yeah. It, it, it's either something completely's happened to John and now he knows something, or he's in love with Claire and is setting Charlie up. too old for her. It doesn't matter. I mean, you. I looked at the way he looked at her in one of those scenes... I'll play it for you again sometime if you want to see it. And and I tell you, there's 
it, it looked like Claire. I mean, there's even on the fuselage. Uh, there's a thread that starts out, and the question is, what if Claire and Lot get married? I mean, so I'm not the only one who saw that. But let's move right along. Okay. Uh, the next big question, uh, we're going to let uh, Gracie's mom start us off there. So, Rachel, you want to go ahead and read that? Yes. This is what Gracie's mom has to say about this. <laughs> I haven't said that in a while. Okay, Gracie's mom, or Kim, wrote, Okay, what's up with Libby? She knows that she knows Hurley. That was obvious last night. Here are my thoughts. I think she knows Hurley has a ton of cash, and she's after it. I think she may have worked or has something to do with the institution that Hurley was in. This whole this whole idea is if she's not in other. Maybe she's worked at the institution and heard of Hurley's winnings. Or she heard the story about Lenny and the numbers, followed, by, followed Hurley to Australia, all with the attempt to get with him to get his money. It's an interesting theory. <laughs> It is an interesting theory. I don't know how much I agree with it. Well, I am totally there on the fact that Hurley knows Libby. Oh, I know that. Yeah, I okay. agree. Yeah, I don't. I, I like the idea of the the that he knows her from the asylum and that she's following him for his money. But I, I, don't, I don't think know. she's following him. But I don't think it's because of that. I think yeah. I think she's definitely another. I can't. I can't imagine though. However. Uh, well, the thing is, here's the thing. She says this whole idea is if she's not another. Right. So she, Gracie's mom, to give you credit, you did say all of that. To only the only that only applies if she's not another. Right. Right. Okay. And I am here to tell you that I believe, without any doubt, that Libby is another. And in fact, I'm about mm-hmm. to prove. Do, do you guys agree? I agree. I, I agree. think it's more likely that she's an other than she's just some chick after his money. Okay. Do you think she was on the plane? Was she on the plane? I don't know. I'm stuck with that. No, no. I don't you don't think she, think she was? I don't okay, think so we're all in agreement on this one. No. But I know there are people out there who disagree with me. So for all of you out there who do not believe that Libby was another, and for those of you who believe that she was on the airplane, I am about to prove to you systematically and scientifically that she indeed <laughs> was and moving. is another. So anyway. um Poor Cliff. We're just like in our own little world over here. <laughs> <laughs> the table, the table's moving on its own. <laughs> they don't want me. It's the producers of the show. They've sinking sent, into the sink. They've rigged it. Anyway, yeah, they've rigged okay. it. Okay. So anyway, I'm about to prove to everyone that Libby is another. And here's my thought. Here we go. We're we're watching the episode. Hurley says, "Do I know you from somewhere?" And she's like, oh. "He says it much more cool." Yeah, he does. <laughs> yeah, Dude. so much cooler. So so Hurley says that, and, and she's like, if you look at her face, she's like, oh my gosh. Uh, and she comes back real quick, like it's rehearsed. Oh yeah, they're about to find me out. It, you mean other than the flight? And, he, and Hurley goes, the flight. And he, you could tell he's like, no, no yeah, you were not, not on the flight. Right. And so what's she do? She immediately swings him. Turn around. Try this on. Turn it around. I I need to get him distracted. She's like, oh, what am I? And he's like, huh, what? And she's, I'm going to take my shirt off and get naked. <laughs> I mean, she didn't really say that, but I mean, that's exactly what she had in mind. I mean, she, being the clinical psychologist, she knows that if I get naked behind him, his mind is anywhere other than what he was just thinking about. I mean, you guys, being women, I understand you guys don't understand this this principle, but I I will just confess to you as a man that I, in, <laughs> in college, okay, in college, I lived in the dorms, and they were co-ed dorms, and there was girls up at the top, and there was this one dorm where all these girls lived, and I recall being in one of the dorm bedrooms, 
And this girl, who happened to be an attractive young lady, she was. She says, "Here, I'm going to switch my sh- sweater. Don't look." And and I would be. I would be honest with you. I did not look. However, you wanted to. I wanted to. <laughs> And he was thinking of how he could without getting caught. I was. And, and, and there was nothing else on my mind. I was not thinking about the color of the sheet or the pattern on the curtains. Nothing. I'm Literally, my mind was preoccupied with nothing other than the fact there is a naked woman standing behind me. And so, and that's what Hurley was thinking too. You know, right. that's what that's what Hur- <laughs> Hurley was thinking. And even I will tell you that it was even distracting for me to pay attention. She's kind of to- cute and I've been terrorized by the <laughs> others for forty days, kind of way. <laughs> you know, it was even difficult for me to listen to the dialogue watching her. I mean, I know they didn't show anything, but again, I'm, I'm you telling you, know what? You. Once you play this, I didn't realize it as much until I heard it the other night when we were talking. Uh huh. Um, I didn't realize how much more rehearsed it sound on purpose. Well, I'm going to yeah. play it for you guys so you I know. can hear when it. You don't, when you don't see it and you just will hear this, pay attention to how rehearsed it sounds. Yeah. yeah. But even as they were, even as I was watching it, and I was trying to listen to the dialogue as what she was saying, but I'm sitting there watching, how much am I going to get to see on television? <laughs> and, and, and I know, <laughs> You know what? I am probably going to have tons of Christians out there saying, Cliff, how you are the worst Step Christian down, influence in the world, and, and I cannot. Then believe I that say to those people, man, you got to read. I can't even think of the name of the book now. Well, you can come back to it if you, if it comes to, to you. But but the I know thing is, the, the thing is, is I'm just being honest. Every I'm, man's battle. Every man's battle. I, it, this is something that we men deal with. It it, it this is something the the the. Uh, the seeing physically with your eyes the mental image of someone naked. I mean, and I even joked around the other night. We were talking with some friends of ours who are listeners on the show. We were on Skype, and we all got together. And I played on this, and I said, you know, John Locke. You know, they're taking the week off uh, for airing Lost this week, and he came over to the airport. And I, I asked him. I said, John, tell me, do you think Hurley on the on the show? Do you think he um, he knows Libby from a previous experience? And he goes, why? What do you mean? Well, I played for John John Locke on the couch, sitting in my living room, and I sit there and I said, "Do you think you're so eight up? Do you think that?" And he's sitting there, and all of a sudden, John's eyes just went like all buggy and everything, and he looks at me at the end of showing that clip, and he says, "This we're gonna need to watch that again." <laughs> all right, here so- we go. That was horrible. I am definitely, if the elders of our church heard this, I would definitely be asked to step down, wouldn't I? No, they love you. Yeah, right. Yeah, well, maybe they need to read Every Man's Battle because it's just, it's out there and totally off topic. Um, hiding the hiding the issue or the, the problem will not solve the problem, so... So anyway, it's intentional. She took her shirt off oh, yeah. intentionally. This was a oh, yeah. this was meant as a distraction. If he wouldn't have brought up the fact that did I know you some she would have not taken off her shirt right then and there. Right. And in fact, when she did, she she took off her shirt and she, you can tell right as she, before she says something, she's looking up, which when you look up, when your eyes go up, when you're thinking, that means you're recalling something from memory. And and I happen to know that from a little psychology I took in. Isn't it like one way to the right or one way to the left? Like left you're lying, right you're recalling, or vice versa? Something like that. But I, I didn't pay that much attention well, yeah. in psychology. I got a B, <laughs> not an A. Okay? So, I got an A, clearly. <laughs> so anyway, she's she's recalling something from memory. And, and she's like, oh, oh, I can't believe you didn't remember. Uh, because you... 
you were the uh, you were the last one on the flight. I remember that. Um, and and you were all sweaty and 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 you stepped on my foot. I mean, it, he, let me just, just play, play it for it, yeah. just let me just play it for you, and you can tell. This is the Libby gets naked clip. <laughs> Do I know you from somewhere? I mean, other than the flight. Flight. Okay, turn around. Okay. Huh? Turn around. I want to try it on. And now mm. she's like, hmm, what, oh. what am I going to oh, say? Sure. Okay. She's like, oh, what am I going to say? Oh, yeah, I remember. I cannot believe you don't remember stepping on my foot. I did? Yes, you did. And it was hard. I know that because I remember you. You were the last one on the flight, and you were all sweaty, and you had headphones on, and crunch. <laughs> that is, uh, that's a lie yeah. okay so well so, here another thing that i just i just heard right now was uh we keep saying that okay he's obviously no longer thinking about where he knows her from uh-huh. because she says quick turn around i'm gonna try this on and don't peek so the only thing in his mind yeah, is she yeah, reinforces and she knows she knows that hurley's hot for her Okay. Oh yeah. And, and 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 she. The thing is, is Hurley's going to memorize. So I mean, even if he, we know he was in a hurry when he got on that plane. <coughs> was it Doctor Bruder that mentioned the fact that he in was the back? in the back of the plane? She was in the back of the plane. Right. He was she the last one on. There's no way he could have. She was a tailie. Yeah, she was a tailie. If she was a tailie. The only thing I, I we were talking about the other that the other night, but the only thing is, is sometimes I've entered the plane from the back. They have ex- multiple exits on that, some planes. Yeah. So, no. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> but it was a bit, it was no that wouldn't be possible because of the type of plane that it was, um, because they were flying from Australia. Yeah, that's to like a big LA. jetliner. It, it, it needs a, a lot of fuel. Flight. It's not a little prop plane, right? Okay, so here's the question. Okay, <laughs> all right, so we all agree that Libby is not was not on the plane, right? And that she is another. So how does she know to bring up the stuff? Harley she was, was late by Cindy. She was the flight coached. attendant. The flight attendant It's already who, been taken back. Exactly. Cindy is an other. You, have you been reading my notes? You have been reading my notes. So anyway. I still live with you. I hear your notes. <laughs> so, yeah. Anyway. So, anyway, here's here's the deal. Cindy is an other. She was on the We gotta plane. get a word in edgewise. I know. You do, don't you? <laughs> we just interrupt you as soon as we can when we think of something. So, uh, Cindy is on the plane. And she was able to witness all those things, and she's coached Libby because Libby's like, "Oh my gosh, they killed Goodwin, who was one of our other group of others." Yeah, I don't want to die too. And and we're, I'm going to play some clips where the three of them worked in concert: Libby, Cindy, and Goodwin, and they are great at at manipulating conversations to cover up the fact that they were others. And I'm going to play for some quick play some clips. But anyway, I believe that that Cindy just set that up. But let me go ahead and play for you these clips, and I'm just going to pause it and play. Uh, as as I go along, just to give you some stuff here, and so let's all listen. For, this is the forty. This is from Forty Eight Days. We're all scared. It's like a paranoid here. We don't know anything. Okay, so that's uh, Goodwin, and Goodwin is saying we don't know anything. You know, let's not get all paranoid here. And and the thing is, is that I believe that Goodwin and Libby have had, and, and Cindy probably as well, have had a powwow, and they said, okay, guys, we need to get everybody inland because we can't take them out here on the beach because we've we've already lost a couple of us. Okay, so we need to get them inland, off the beach. And so Libby brings it up. We need to get off the beach. And Goodwin has, in previous times, told Anna Lucia, no, we need to stay here and keep this fire lit. 
so that they they could drag off the people. Well, that didn't work. Now it's time to move inland. Now listen how Libby and, and, and Goodwin work, and you'll hear a little bit of Bernard in here too, but listen how they work. He's right. Why would they try to infiltrate us? Now that's it's crazy. Well, whoever they are, they know we are here. We need to leave this beach. That's Libby. You said we needed to keep the signal fire burning. She's asking Goodwin. I think it's time we let it go out. Do you see how beautifully they orchestrated that? Mm-hmm. Wow. I mean, they are masters of persuasion in conversation. Others. Now, here's here's another one. Hey. Hey. Okay. Hey, hey. Now, do you see the proof there? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm blown away by that clip. Wow. <laughs> so, so I just, I, you hear the digging. This is Anna Lucia is getting ready to dig a hole for Nathan. Okay, because she has inappropriately assumed that he's another. And now Libby... Which they set up very well. They did. Mm-hmm. They all... Oh, well, I've even got a clip to prove that they're setting him up. Uh, but anyway, so Libby's kind of concerned. What? How far is her conspiracy theory going? Does she really think that even I could be? Or maybe there's more of us? She's trying to fill Libby out to see if, if there's any more conspiracy theory in her. Listen to this. Back at the beach... The night they came back, you said that Nathan was gone for two hours, that he was missing. Setting him up. He creeps me out, Anna. Do you hear that? You really think it's possible that one of us, one of them, why do you think I'm digging this hole? I mean, so obviously... Setting Nathan up. Yeah, I think you're on the right path there, Anna Lucia. You are so right. He creeps me out. Here's another clip. Who gave him food? What happened? I'm trying to find out what they did to us. And you're taking care of them. I didn't do anything. And what if you're wrong, Anna? We don't even know that there is a us. Okay. That was Bernard, wasn't That was it? Bernard. Now, and now listen to how Goodwin pretends. Okay, this is how good they are. They, they work. It's Cindy... Libby and Goodwin. Now, Goodwin is going to try to do reverse psychology and pretend to defend Nathan. Listen to how great they do this. Bye. Well, they haven't come since we put him in there. That was Libby. Well, they haven't come. Again, setting him up. He wasn't on the plane. What? We were in there for two hours. I didn't see him once. Not once. It's a big plane, Anna, just because you didn't... No, I didn't see him either. I'm pretty good with faces, you know, of the passengers, and I did not see him. You're not all serious. He never talks about himself, Nathan. Every time I ask him anything, he just dodges. No, if he really were one of them, why would he still be here? I don't know, but I'm going to find out. Okay, so that's my proof. Um, Those of you guys who still disagree with me, I really ask you to go back to... Uh, the episode uh, Fire and Water and look at the uh, uh, Hurley Do I Recognize You uh, section and then go back to the 48 Days and now that you've heard close theory about Cindy, Libby, and Goodwin all three being others uh, then maybe perhaps it'll stand out to you a little bit more. And the whole thing is why did Cindy disappear? They didn't even really play off on that too much. She just disappeared. Well, the reason is, is because Goodwin had died. She needed to go back and tell Papa Zeke about what's happened. Okay? Yeah, and I think another thing about that is, you know, when the others came for Claire's baby, the only reason why they harmed Charlie was because he was trying to help Claire and the baby. You know, like, why would they just take Cindy just to take her? Yeah. So. 
I mean, maybe that's just yep. my thoughts. So what do you guys think about Mr. Echo's trees? I don't. He's building a hammock somewhere. <laughs> he's building a hammock. Uh, obviously, a lot of he people... He likes them. He even says that. I like these. <laughs> Some people the think he's, like. he's building a, a church, possibly. My favorite theory is he is looking for the trees that he likes to build more Jesus sticks for Jack's army. <laughs> Jeez, okay, we, here we go. That's <laughs> horrible. So we'll just move on. We don't know yet, and I'm sure we'll see more on that one. Uh, before we go any further, I do want to just say one thing that has really bothered me. Uh, and that is, um, and the reason why it bothers me is specifically for a reason, excuse me, a, a reason for why, <laughs> wow, a reason why uh, we got a listener feedback from two individuals from Texas. And I wasn't going to pay, play the first one because it had come in first. And it's from, I think, a nine-year-old girl. She's nine years old. A nine-year-old girl called our show and, and told us about how she feels about Locke. And I am going to play it now only because her father called in right afterwards. So I do know at least this nine-year-old girl's daughter is watching with her father. And I have no problem with that, uh, especially if this is giving them the opportunity to dialogue about some of the issues that are on the show. As long as a parent is in involved in a child's life and and they're sitting there watching this because the thing is as a nine-year-old girl probably spending the night at a friend's house they might have access to the show anyway and i'm just glad that somebody's involved in their daughter's life to sit down and talk to them about that so anyway but here's the problem that i have is this unnecessary bit about increased sexual references well no, it's totally unnecessary. No, I know, but I th- and I agree with you. I don't think that it's necessary at all, but I think they're trying to bring in a more audience members. And what? I think with the whole people are wondering, "Oh, why aren't you why aren't they all getting their freak on with each other?" And you know what? I'm, I'm serious. <laughs> they smell bad. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think I think they they feel maybe they feel obligated to bring a little bit of it in. No, listen, they I, I they did that with Saeed and Shannon last year. Mm-hmm. You know what? And and that, so that did, the- it didn't bother me. It, it did. That was this season, wasn't it? Was it? You're right. It got a six season. week hiatus. It seemed like three years <laughs> ago. Was technically Jen, last year. Well, Jen and Sutter are married, and I'm so well, cool with that true, because yeah. I think married people should be having lots of sex. <laughs> okay, Stephanie, how do you? What are your, your thoughts? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, babe. What he do you watches think? too much TV. <laughs> so anyway, oh, wow. I mean, God intended it for marriage, and and, right. he's, and and there's an entire book of the Bible devoted to it. So <laughs> there is Song of Songs. Check it out, guys. Okay. Um, just don't ever tell your wife, quote the scripture to your wife and tell her her breasts are like two fawns of gazelles or, and all that other <laughs> Why stuff. Why did I hear that before? Did we do that at church? Yeah, we probably talked about it at church. Probably. Oh, it was in reality. It yeah. was. Yeah, which is our church service. <laughs> so anyway. Okay. What, what was, oh, but. Increased sexual reference. Yeah, the thing is, is, I mean, there was no reason to have uh, Anna Lucia say, are you hitting that? Yeah, uh, that that was distasteful. Yeah, she's distasteful. She is. I mean, that's, that's so just in goes character. With yeah, her. that goes with her character. And I, I know they don't need to say it like that, but it's better than saying, "Are you guys having sex every night on the beach?" Yeah. <laughs> well, no. I mean, they. The, okay, so it's a, it's a part of her character. Yeah. She could. I mean, she could have said something like, "I know you guys spend a lot of time alone together." Yeah. I, just to, I mean, the thing is, they blatantly wrote that. Are you hitting that? Are you hitting that in the? Are you hitting that? It's hitting. Hitting. Sorry, guys. Are you hitting that? <laughs> and then the whole Sawyer, are you, you know, and now you got to drop, you can drop a load. And I'm sitting there thinking, well, that, first of all, that's not a very good sexual reference because I'm thinking about the bathroom. I know. I was too. I was too. I'm like, well, drop that a load. That was horrible. <laughs> well, but, you know what, 
The the comment you hit in that and now being someone that has a brother in law who's nineteen. Uh-huh. Maybe they're trying to bring in a younger eighteen ish you know what I mean? Well, I mean I don't know how many are out there. And, and again, I realize this is not a, a Christian show and so I'm not even gonna criticize it based upon that. And, and the thing is, they did they did bring in the Shannon and Saeed thing, and they had the whole Libby gets naked thing, and I, I'm not even complaining about that. I'm just complaining about the Gordon, loop. How far are they going to go? Yeah. Are, is yeah. this an indication that it's going to increase more and more and more? It's like, it's the Maybe. same thing um, with Alias. For two years, there was not a sexual reference one. To and then all of a sudden, seasons. Jennifer Garner shows up all up, naked. They, they followed the Super Bowl. And the first scene is her in this really pretty bra and panties and garter and, I, and hose. I, I, and yeah, I wish she's got the blonde hair. Yeah. yeah. And but, then they had, they had... And from there on out, it was nothing but... Yeah, it, and it's been sexual stuff ever since. Now and she's pregnant. I wonder how their ratings were <laughs> after that. I don't know. I don't know. I, Following... I don't know. So, but. anyway, I just bring it up as a concern. You know, I, you know if it's their show. If they want to do it, that's, that's fine. Right. I, I don't believe that this show is something that, that little children should be watching anyway. Uh, and I think that grown adults can decide whether or not they watch these shows. And, and depending on how they respond to that kind of stuff, I think... That they they'll do fine. So, but I I just I'm just bringing this as a point of discussion. Do you think that they're just going to go way overboard? I have no problem. I with- hope not, because there are so many things with the island mm-hmm. and yeah. the relationships anyway. It doesn't. That if you just put direction. the whole if you put the whole sexual um, relationships on top of everything, it's just going to get messy. Well, I'll tell you what. Um, the the thing is, is that. My concern is that they've just, they're going to be, it's definite now that they're going to do other seasons. They've signed cast members on for additional seasons, gave them a lot of extra money. In fact, Dr. Bruder from Chicago, everybody's favorite family doctor, (laughs) has recorded a special thing for us. And so, Dr. Bruder, uh, you're on. So let's go ahead and hear what he has to say. Thanks, Cliff. This is Dr. Bruder in Chicago. And some of the latest Lost headlines include... This most recent article about the contracts of Lost cast members. Uh, Lost producer Touchtone Television has offered all original cast members a substantial salary bump in exchange for an additional year to the actor's current contracts. The studio's preemptive offer would see the actors earn almost $80,000 each an episode next season, up from what they're making now of about twenty dollars to $40,000. All cast members have been offered the same deal and are expected to take it. Uh, Matthew Fox, who plays Jack, is said to have earned an extra bonus of at least $250,000 because of his so important, a pivotal role. Um, However, in the spirit of a show where no character is safe from being killed off or otherwise removed from the island, um, the actors are said to have no guarantees about the length of their tenure on the show. So, Cliff, the latest rumor that I heard that I also made up is that I hear you think most of the cast is overpaid. Do you have any comment on that? Back to you. Do I have a comment? <laughs> I don't think they're overpaid. Don't? No. Really? Like, I mean... 20000 an episode up to... What do you say? 80? No. Yeah, they're going to 20 60, to... 40 to 60? I, I don't know. I don't it was... I wasn't like 20 to 40. What do you no, think was, about two hundred and fifty thousand for Jack? Yeah. Well, the thing that that is because if he's gone, it's done. 
I don't, th- I don't think so. I know. No. He's I, one of the main yeah. people. And I think I watch. will get sick. And I first started him. watching because of him. <laughs> Is that right? <laughs> yeah. Wow. When I saw the episode or the previous, I'm like, okay, I'll yeah, watch yeah. this show. Now, Rachel, today is your wedding anniversary. <laughs> it's happy anniversary to me. Oh, by the way, I, I bought you a wedding gift. We, we got you a wedding gift. Oh, a wedding anniversary gift. It's your certificate of marriage. Thank you, finally. That I, for a year. That I've forgotten to give to you guys for a year. I did their wedding ceremony one year ago today, and I've had that sitting in my planner to give to you each and every time I Was saw I you. Was I supposed to do anything with this? No, no, I've actually already... The original... Yeah, your marriage is illegal. I know, I'm like... <laughs> No, uh, the original no. the original went in uh, to the, the to the courthouse, yeah. and this is just something that you keep for your records. Can I tell her this story? You tell her. Go ahead. Okay. When we got married, um, Cliff, the, the officiator, the officiator who did our wedding, was like, you know, I'll mail you this um, th- your certificate because I like to take it back and make it nice and type it up so that it looks really nice and you can read it and everything. We got it three weeks later. <laughs> we got it three weeks later with a big old coffee stain on it. That's nice. Yeah. So <laughs> at least yours doesn't have coffee stain on it. That's true. It's <laughs> so happy anniversary. It's taken very, very good care of. Yes, it has. <laughs> happy anniversary. Signature? That is my signature. Oh, good lord. <laughs> All right, so moving right right along. (laughs) Excuse me. So moving right along. Anyway, uh, we do have uh, a real quick, uh, real quick. I I can't talk now. (laughs) Quick, thank you. We do have a real quick uh, update on the podcast, the official podcast. And I do want to play for you a quick clip that uh, Rem from uh, Calgary, Alberta, Canada put together for us. So here's what he brought out from the official Lost podcast this past week. This week on the official ABC Lost podcast, Damon Lindelof and Carlton Cuse talked about some of the mysteries that should be solved by the end of this season. You will know a lot more about the others. You will know where what, Walt, where Walt is and what happened to him. And, I can't uh, wait to find things, out where Walt is. Um, hopefully we're going to get to another chapter of Jack's marriage and sort of finish that that run of episodes so that you'll actually know kind of as Damon was talking about before a little bit more definitively what exactly was the the kind of the course of his marriage and of course the most important question you know I would say that the number one question that we get asked these days is why has the fat guy not lost any weight and uh, we just want to let you know that that question is going to be addressed in the narrative of the show coming up very soon and they also responded to a letter from a viewer asking why the smoke monster killed the pilot but not Locke or Mr. Echo? The answer sort of lies there, that um, obviously the pilot and the way in which he behaved um, and the way in which Echo and Locke behaved towards the monster, um, I think, determine their fates. And if you, I'm sure if you surf around on the web, you will obviously discover that there were all sorts of hidden frames in the smoke monster that related to Echo's life and that these uh, these film frames, you know, sort of... Um, were, were all significant images from his past. And the, the monster was sort of cycling through those images. And after cycling through those images and sort of evaluating Echo, made a decision about how to behave towards Echo. And I think that, you know, the monster is discriminating. The monster does not treat everyone equally. And what happens if you don't put the numbers into the computer? We're, we're going to deal with what happens if you don't push that button narratively this season you will you will you will see more story material about uh, about the button and about the electromagnetic force field i think the button should have flashbacks 
<laughs> being crafted in a plastics company and the guy who etches the word execute onto it and then it gets placed oh under the keyboard and the keyboard I think that'd be that's fascinating genius. I think that's a sweeps episode I think it is a sweeps episode that's fantastic we'll just call it execute no, that's good execute I thought it was interesting when he I just realized this when he was talking about the black cloud or mm-hmm. smack whatever it kind of you know they call it the security system it mm-hmm. kind of reads Danielle does yeah it's kind of like it is like a guard dog you know mm-hmm. if you dogs mm-hmm. are if you dog sense that you're afraid of them mm-hmm. and that you're running from them then they will bite you <laughs> if they sense that you're not then they'll they're more likely not to I don't know so why why did it in that first episode or whatever why did it go after the pilot but not jack kate and charlie well, they it, were scared of it too it, they th- ran scared. i think i th- well the thing is i think it indicated that th- they indicated that it did respond they responded differently in that or, or the 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 security system or the monster responded differently as a result of what it saw in the past hmm. of that person uh, and so it's something okay. that's been in their past we do have um another comment uh, that was emailed to us from Eric Fisher in Marion, Indiana. And uh, here's what Eric had to say. Hey guys, Eric Fisher here with a little bit of feedback on the Lost podcast. Damon Lindelof made two statements, one as an answer to a question and one just in general that I thought were worth a little more scrutiny. Here's the first one. The sort of frustrating for us as storytellers is we have these designs and we've, we've known for you know, quite some time, actually, sort of very early in season two, that you know, that this com- we were going to do this bit with the computer where Walt, uh, Walt, parentheses question mark was uh, someone claiming to be Walt at least was communicating with Michael, and that would finally, once Michael got back to our fuselage folk, he would actually sort of go rogue and go running after Walt. What I take him to mean that as is, uh, I screwed up by saying that it was Walt, when in fact it probably is not Walt, and that's why I have to go on record as saying, um, what may be Walt, or not. Um, right. Next clip. The Peach question is a, is a much trickier one, and involves time travel. Um, therefore, <laughs> I'd rather not answer it. Okay. I, I will say we leave many, uh, in all seriousness, we leave many uh, intentional Easter eggs on the show. But at the same time, there are also occasional what gaffes. we call continuity gaffes. Right. And uh, if, if there was, in fact, a peach that says 2005 on it, um, that was a, uh, a mistake. Um, uh, that We're not we are, perfect. We are not responsible for. Those peaches should have been from 2004. It shouldn't yeah. not, not even not even two thousand four because what Kate right. did actually takes place during sort of two thousand yes. or two thousand one. That's, that's true. So I will say there was Good a misprint catch. on the peach. Yes, that would be my. I think the real thing to pay attention in this instance is the fact that he jokes about time travel, meaning time travel is probably not an option as far as an explanation with what is going on on the island, as well as the part where he talks about. They definitely have continuity errors, which I think applies to the X-ray from the 23rd Psalm, no, the uh, Hunting Party episode, as well as possibly other aspects of the show that we haven't really fully gotten into yet. They just know that people are looking at it so closely that anything could be taken the wrong way. What I really hope doesn't come down to is that they really just made a mistake and hired the same guy to paint the mural in the hatch and the mural in Thomas's apartment because I believe there should be a connection 
But if there's not, it's their fault for letting us believe there is because of hiring the same guy to paint them both. So there's my two cents, and I'll talk to you later. Okay, well, thank you very much, Eric. Uh, Actually, uh, this clip was not originally in the recording when Stephanie and Rachel uh, and myself were together, uh, but I got this email comment uh, after the fact, and since I'm in the editing mode, I figured I'd throw this in there. Uh, But yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, In fact, the biggest thing we heard last year early on in the season is the quote from the producers that said, uh, everything happens for a reason, that, that there are no mistakes, is what they said. Uh, that, and now they go on the record for saying, we're not perfect. Uh, so it, it's quite frustrating, and as far as I'm concerned, they need to get uh, somebody hired in on the show to look for continuity errors on a, on a regular basis. Uh, but uh, Eric, thank you very much, and uh, I'm going to cut back into where we had left off in the show. Thank you. The thing is, is we we are uh, recording on Sunday, which is not typical for us. We record normally on Thursday, uh, but we are going to go ahead and uh, put this one out there to get it out there as quickly as possible. And I think we're going to push our deadline. It, eventually, initially, our deadline would be that our podcast is available by Saturday afternoon. That is still going to be my goal. Uh, but I'm going to make you a new promise that uh, our podcast will be available for you by Monday morning when you get to work Eastern Standard Time at 9 a.m. But it, in all reality, it's probably going to be there Saturday afternoon, maybe on Sunday. Sometimes we have our own glitches. Sometimes right. we do. <laughs> so anyway. We are only human. Uh, real quick, I do want to get to some listener uh, feedback. And uh, Rachel, let's see here. What do you yeah, got? I got? I got Edith B. I'm going to do Edith and Terry, and you can take Ray and Andrew. Is that okay? That's fine. Okay. Edith B. wrote, your podcast about how Mr. Friendly reminded you of your father-in-law was hilarious. Because it was. <laughs> I could not stop laughing. My poor husband must have thought I was possessed because all I could hear was my laughter and no other sound. I didn't know that I was listening to your podcast through... He didn't know that I was listening to my to your podcast through my iPod. The house was quiet. He had no clue why I was laughing so loud. Tonight, I logged in for a second to see what the action was online. I saw your side-by-side picture and your movie of your father-in-law and Mr. Friendly. I cracked up even more. My poor husband was... My poor hubby was fast asleep on the couch and was rudely awakened by my laughter. He muttered something about how he hates Lost. Too bad I can get him involved in the show. Keep up the great work. Can I just interrupt you yeah. for a moment? And I want to say thank you to my dad, who was a great sport for doing that yes, for us. Yes, he was. And, um... Seriously, if you guys great. haven't seen that, oh, get it is hilarious. I had my family cracking up. It, it was great, and that's on the show notes for our last episode, yeah. which was January twenty first. First, January twenty first uh, for <clears throat> the hunting party, and yeah. it wasn't the twenty first, yeah. was it? Today's twenty ninth. Yep, twenty first. Mm-hmm. Oh, all so, right then. It's on our blog, Ravenscraft dot org. Terry from Terry. Dayton. Terry from Dayton wrote. Personally, I think the Degroots went there to do their dissertation dissertation work. They messed up the island with their nano experiment gone bad. Now they live in the underwater hatches. See, Billy. It's the first time I read this one. Okay. They don't want our survivors to cross that point of the island, Zeke pointed out, because they have their boat docking facility over there. Ooh, I like that. They go to the island to check experiment progress and to mess, mess with people on the island. Their experiments have brought things there from other times and places, the Black Rock, and they physically and mentally project things onto the island that shouldn't belong there. They find it safer from the sickness and all else to stay off the island and only to go there for things they need as, as they further their work. 
Very interesting. Uh, Stephanie, before you read um, the Ray's blog comment, I want you to read about, or no, yeah, read Trevor first from Southern California there. Hey guys, I love your show. Your Christian basis for dissecting one of the best television shows in years makes your show very strong. It also helps regular folks come to understand that us Christians are normal and can juggle the influences of this world with our spiritual principles. Great job. Thank you, Trevor, in Southern California. Thank you very much for that. Thank you, Trevor. Thank you. Right. Okay, Ray left a comment on her blog. About the baptism, I am a Baptist, so my views on baptism are a little different than that of Mr. Echo. For the record, though, I must give ABC credit for making the scene a very spiritual moment. You you could see how happy it made Echo to perform the baptism and somewhat of a weight lift off Claire's shoulders. However, the comment on how Jesus needed to be baptized to wash away his sins, well, that's simply not biblical. Overall, a very good show. Can't wait for the podcast. Thank you very much. And I'm going to play one uh, listener call in uh, here real quick. And this, again, is our Texas listeners. Hi, my name is Ms. and I'm from Bryan, Texas, and I'm nine years old. I was lost, and um, I just wanted to say that I think the others were playing tricks on Charlie when Charlie woke up and saw um, the baby floating in the ocean, all that stuff. Like, well, I just think the others were playing tricks on Charlie. And my favorite char- character is Amelia. Bye. Her favorite hey character. There. This is Ed Spillane down in Bryan College Station, Texas. My daughter and I really enjoy the podcast, enjoy Lost, and uh, like kind of the religious angle that you guys take. And, and actually with this episode, which I found kind of be be so-so, ho-hum, um, maybe you'll uh, catch a religious angle that I, I missed. Um, really the high point, in fact, for me was Charlie's dream uh uh, dream sequence when he saw Hurley dressed up and the doves flying out and, and uh, Claire uh, as an angel and his mother as an angel. Um, I, I like that scene. A uh, little bit surprised that, that it seems that Charlie's more dangerous off heroin at this point than on heroin, but didn't really get much insight or understand what's going on. Uh, maybe there'll be some link to this show. I hope I hope there is because otherwise I thought it was a little bit bizarre um, and surprised that it was bizarre, or at least Charlie uh, actions were bizarre off heroin. That doesn't seem to make sense. Maybe there's an explanation. My daughter thinks it's the others. But anyway, very interested. Love, love your take on things, your unique take on uh, everything that has to do with loss. We listen all the time. Be very interested in your thoughts. And uh, take care, and thanks a lot, and we'll be listening. All right. Thank you very much. I like that he said that Charlie might be more dangerous off heroin than on. Yeah. Because, because when you go back to his flashbacks, it just maybe because it's his point of view. But he seemed very cool, calm, and if He was taking care of his brother, and he was yeah. using it that he time. Was using yeah. It. <laughs> I, I, I think that yeah. he made a great point there. Well, we thank you very much. And, uh, and uh, you got he, he was on heroin for a very long time, mm-hmm. so he's really learning how to live off, with, of, it. Off, of, off of it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, without the drug. Exactly. Well, guys, um, we're going to wrap things up with... One last, one last oh, thing go right ahead. But before we wrap up is that this episode was um, about Charlie, and I don't think we talked nearly enough about him, but I have to give hats off to Dominic Monaghan for a great acting job. Yes, I would agree. Terrific. Yeah, very good. <laughs> <laughs> I 
still don't like Charlie's character, though. That's fine. But you I think he did a great time. Dominic Monaghan. Yes. yes, he did a great job he's acting. Done he, he's done a very good job of making me dislike Charlie as a character. <laughs> and, and I mean that in a very good yes. way. I, I'm serious about that. Yeah. So anyway, um, just real quick podcast update for ourselves, generally speaking. Uh, we want to say a very warm welcome to our Philly listeners. Uh, you, uh, Rachel has not seen this yet. She's heard about it. Uh, David Hildebrand from uh, Philly.com, or actually the Philadelphia Inquirer, uh, sent us a comment on our blog and asked if he could interview with me. Uh, and he did. He and I spoke for a good deal of time. And uh, in today's Philadelphia Inquirer, the top story in the entertainment section is called, um, what is it called? Island of Intrigue. And the second half of that article is all quotes from the, in the interview that he did for, with me. And I'll put a link to that in our post and our show notes. But I just want to read to you two things that was just really exciting. He, he, here's an excerpt. Using scientific methods, Cliff Ravenscraft, the creator of Generally Speaking, a fan podcast devoted to Lost, believes he has uncovered the origins and true nature of the Black Cloud. And he, he quotes me, I took screen captures of the Black Cloud as it was leaving Mr. Echo and superimposed a cropped cover of Michael Crichton's prey over it, he says. It fit like a puzzle piece. So anyway, he, he goes... Do you guys on- think it's hilarious how Cliff goes... Cliff Ravenscraft. You put so much influence. I'm like, me and Stephanie are chopped liver over here. We don't get a call. We don't get an email. Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> Although what? Cliff doesn't mention me. <laughs> oh, great. Yeah. So, I vigorously disagree with him. <laughs> is that in here? Yes, it is. It is. So, anyway, he does and. He does uh, end with, he says, Spread by the internet, lost fever is beginning to infect other parts of the world as well. Ravenscraft tallied that his latest podcast, available at ravenscraft.org, that's R-A-V-E-N-S-C-R-A-F-T dot O-R-G, was downloaded in 47 (laughs) countries. You know, David, thank you very much. I I don't know exactly how many people from Philly are going to read that article and come listen to our podcast, but if you're from Philadelphia and you've read that article and that's how you found out about us, please send us an email at podcast at ravenscraft.org or you can leave a comment on our show notes at ravenscraft.org. Or preferably, we'd love for you to call us on our listener feedback line at 413-521-0958. And that number will be played again in our exit theme. I just want to let you guys know that our podcast is made available uh, to you on a commercial-free basis. Except for somebody when somebody gets killed off on the island, I'll talk about my life insurance. Uh, but it is available to you on a commercial-free basis due to the support of our listeners. So if you would like to contribute to our show, even if it's just a couple dollars, uh, you can do so by going to ravenscraft.org and clicking on the PayPal Donate button. Uh, Our last episode was uh, recently downloaded by 3,700 listeners, and so we would not be able to pay for the bandwidth uh, for that many listeners to download if it were not for your donation. So, again, we thank you very much, Stephanie. And, uh, Rachel, you guys got anything else before we close this out? Are we going to do it coming up on Lost? Uh, No, we're not going to do coming up on Lost. We'll save that for next week. Even though Lost is taking another one-week hiatus, we will be back next week. So look for us. and. uh, Until next time, let's get lost. 
You have been listening to Generally Speaking, a podcast production of Ravenscraft.org. You can make our show even better with your feedback. Send us an email to podcast at Ravenscraft.org. Better yet, call our listener comment line at area code 413-521-0958. After you hear this greeting... Thank you for calling. To leave a message, please press 1. Leave your comments and questions, and please start with your name and where you're calling from. On behalf of the Generally Speaking team, I'm Chris Gilmore. Thanks for listening. Okay, well, that was our show, and uh, if you're still hanging out after the closing theme, I have two little bits of goodies for you. Uh, the first up, I just wanted to let you know, uh, for those of you who are longtime fans of Generally Speaking, uh, the reason why we're coming to you uh, Monday morning is due to some technical difficulties that we did have during our original Thursday evening uh, recording session. I won't go into details except to say that uh, I'm just very glad that we did re-record on Sunday afternoon and uh, that that we was able to uh, put that together and... Uh, I would say, uh, on our behalf, it's better late than never. Um, not many people got to download the temporary, uh, file that I put together for our podcast, uh, letting our longtime listeners know, uh, that we were having some technical difficulties and, and that's why our podcast wouldn't be available on Saturday. Uh, but I did take it down by Sunday, uh, morning. And the reason why is because I knew that the, newspaper article from the philly.com or the philadelphia inquirer was going to be issued on sunday and i did not want to have all of our philly listeners that would be checking in have the very first thing that they hear is uh we're having technical difficulties uh so uh if you guys are from philly and you've already listened to the full show well at least now you've heard it and i have no problems playing for you this cute little clip that I put together to let all of our regular longtime listeners know that we were experiencing some problems. So it's going to sound like we're restarting the show, but uh, I think you'll get a kick out of this. Welcome to the weekly Lost Edition of the Generally Speaking Podcast. Please welcome your hosts, Stephanie, Rachel, and Cliff. However, they had some technical difficulties when they were putting the show. That's right. And they plan to record the show again today. Check back in the next day or so. And our new show will be available. This one is Matthew Ravenscraft. And I'm Megan Ravenscraft. Well, there you go. That was my uh, son, who Matthew, who is only four years old, and my daughter, Megan, who is six years old, and uh, gave them a little chance to do their own little uh, podcasting and uh, to allow, like I said, our longtime listeners know on Saturday uh, that uh, our podcast would be delayed until Monday morning. So uh, I think they're awesome. I love my kids very much. And now a second goodie for those of you who are listening past our show. 
uh, at these extras. Uh, here's one little extra for you. Uh, I'm going to leave you with this, and I won't be coming back after the end of this one, so uh, I'll just set this up, and then I'm done, and I will get this thing uploaded to the internet for your downloading pleasure. Uh, this clip here is the father-in-law sound clip. Uh, if you are, if, if this is the first time you're listening to us, please go back one more episode to January 21st, uh, which was for the hunting party, and please listen to that episode because it probably is the funniest episode that we've ever done and we talked about um uh our father-in-law or my father-in-law uh my wife's father who uh just is dead on uh sounding like uh mr friendly or zeke as we call him uh or and not only does he just sound like him but he looks just like him too but enough said here's here's a clip an audio clip that i put together and i made available on our website after that show uh and i think you will be flipped out by just how much he sounds like mr friendly and uh, if you get a chance go onto the website and check out the uh screen capture of mr friendly where i superimposed my father-in-law's picture there and uh, see how much they not only just sound alike, but look alike also. So here's the clip, and I'm out of here, and we'll see you again next week. Even though there is not a Lost episode this coming week, we will still have a Generally Speaking Lost podcast edition for you. Thank you very much, and God bless. Hello, this is Cliff Ravenscraft. Uh, This audio clip will make a lot of sense to those who have heard the uh, Lost edition of Generally Speaking, the episode from January 21st, where we had discussed uh, the the father-in-law theory, uh, and I've developed it a little bit further. I believe now that uh, Zeke, as we he was called by Sawyer, is actually Gerald de Groot, and it turns out that my theory is that Gerald de Groot is my father-in-law's long-lost twin brother, separated at birth, and now brought together for the very first time. I told my father-in-law about this. We played the clip from our episode. He laughed as hard as we did, and I had him record these two lines. First up, here's a sound clip of my father-in-law doing Bring Her Out Alex, and then the original from the episode. And tell me, these guys aren't brothers. Bring her out, Alex! Bring her out, Alex! Okay, I'm going to play that for you one more time. Again, this first clip is my father-in-law. The second clip is the original audio from the hunting party of Zeke. Bring her out, Alex! Bring her out, Alex! Okay, so we we did do a second uh, audio recording, and that was the light em up and uh, unfortunately, it had been, uh, I guess, too long since we had played the original clip because he didn't actually say it exactly the same way as Zeke did uh, on the uh, show. However, again, just listen to this clip. The very first one here is my father-in-law saying, light him up. And in the second clip is obviously uh, Zeke from uh, The Hunting Party. Light him up! Light him up! Okay, well, there you have it. Uh, Now, I realize that there are skeptics out there that think, okay, Cliff, yeah, whatever. Uh, So your father-in-law has a little bit of a southern type of uh, big manly voice kind of uh, sound to his uh, his, the way he speaks. Uh, But it's not just that. Here's the thing. What made this so hilarious on our show is that 
not only does my father-in-law sound exactly like Mr. DeGroot or Zeke or Mr. Friendly or the Sea Billy, uh, whatever you want to call him, uh, I think that's all synonymous. Uh, but not only does he sound like him, but you must see the picture, the side-by-side -side comparison of the screenshot from uh, the hunting party and and where I actually pasted a copy of a, a picture that I just took this evening of my father-in-law and darkened it up and put it right on there. Uh, no alterations made other than just darkening it up and cropping him out and pasting him on there. So uh, not only do they, does he sound alike, but he also looks alike. And if you have been forwarded this email in an email, you'll want to go to ravenscraft.org. That's www.ravenscraft. Dot org, and uh, depending on when you get this, you may want to go ahead and do a search uh, for the hunting party or show notes for podcast uh, January 21st, uh, 2006. Anyway, that's my theory, and uh, we'll see how it goes.